0: You're listening to Good Inside with Dr. Becky. I have so many ideas, strategies, and scripts to share with you, right after a word from our sponsor. If you're anything like me, mornings can be a real struggle. Between making breakfast, prepping lunches, and making sure our kids actually brush their teeth, the last thing we have time for is a kid having a meltdown about what they're wearing. This is where Granimals comes in. Goranimals is the original mix-and-match clothing brand for babies and toddlers in sizes newborn through 5T. They're easy-to-pair and fun-to-wear styles, empower kids to dress themselves, boosting their self-confidence and independence. Oh, and making morning's power struggle free for us parents. That is a win-win. You can find all of their fun mix-and-match styles from their new spring collection in Walmart stores and on Walmart.com. So here's to easier mornings, confident kids, and parents reclaiming their sanity. Here's to animals. Hi, I'm Dr. Becky, and this is Good Inside. I'm a clinical psychologist and mom of three on a mission to rethink the way we raise our children. I love translating deep thoughts about parenting into practical, actionable strategies that you can use in your home right away. One of my core beliefs is that we are all doing the best we can with the resources we have available to us in that moment. So even as we struggle, and even as we are having a hard time on the outside, we remain good inside. Today, we're gonna be talking about siblings. We're going to get into sibling rivalry, sibling competition, and different scenarios where our kids appear on the surface like they're being pretty nasty or petty, and yet underneath, they're struggling with something really, really painful. Here's an idea I always think about around siblinghood. Our kids have a range of feelings about their siblings. Siblinghood is amazing, but siblinghood is also really tricky. It's hard to share one set of parents. And so a theme of today, will be thinking about helping our kids learn to manage all the different feelings that come up rather than locking our kids into believing that they're only supposed to feel one set of happy feelings about their siblings. And so with that in mind. Let's jump in. Our first caller is Kristen with a question about her two boys. Hi, Dr. Becky.
1: Um, My name is Kristen. I'm from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and I have two boys. One is four and the other one is 22 months. Um, And the question I have is around sibling dynamics, but mostly competition I'm not sure where we're going wrong and I don't know if we're inadvertently fostering some kind of competition between them. So they're, they're both huge mama boys and will literally fight each other in order to have the privilege of giving me a hug or push the other one away in order to get to me and give me a hug. You know, there's the constant taking each other's toys. But in terms of competition, we have a lot of the older one needing to be first. So if I help the younger one brush his teeth first, then the older one gets upset. Or if I help anyone do anything first, then the other one gets upset. We've used that a little bit, I think, probably in the wrong way, and said, hey, first one to the bathtub gets uh, to pick a song to listen to, You know, sometimes we've used that when we literally can't get them to move. It's the only thing that gets them off their butts and moving. So maybe that's contributing, but would love to hear some thoughts on how to avoid that competitive environment, especially. Thank you so much,
0: Dr. Becky. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for calling in with a question that I think so many of us kind of resonate with, I have three kids and competition and who's first and who's getting mommy's attention. These are constant themes in my house as well. So here's a first idea. Siblings do compete for kind of what the ultimate resource is, which is a parent's love and attention. And we can't fully undo competitive feelings, so we don't need to avoid them. What we do want to help our kids with is learning to recognize when those feelings come up. And for us as parents, thinking through kind of what is my child's underlying need so that Each of my kids can feel safe and secure in the family because when a kid feels safe and secure in who they are and in their place in the family, they become less threatened by a sibling. A sibling becomes less of a threat and can become more of a playmate. So a couple ideas that you can kind of start using right away as strategies first We don't want to add any additional competition to our kids. Our kids are already looking at each other just from evolutionary reasons as competitors. Ooh, who gets to bath first? Who gets a smile from a parent? Who gets three books and who gets two books? Kids are already noticing that. So we don't want to pit our kids against each other. Instead of making races where we say, which kid gets to the bath first, whoever gets first can pick a song, try to join your kids together as a team. Sometimes even you can join them as a team against you to kind of make them see each other as teammates. So you might say something like this instead. I wonder if both kids can get to the bath before I do. I wonder if two kids can get undressed with their clothes into the hamper before I fill up the tub. I wonder if I can have two kids who do really silly original dance moves. Hmm, let's try that. So you're kind of engaging this Spirit of competition and playfulness to have your kids cooperate, but you're bringing them together instead of having them look at each other like enemies. Second, Remember that we cannot fully take away the feelings that come up around competition and comparison. So when those feelings do come up, our job is to connect to what's happening and help our kid manage those feelings, which always starts with accepting and normalizing those feelings. So you might end up saying something like this, oh, feels hard to have a brother, right? Or you might say, oh, when mommy's reading your brother a book, that can feel so bad. What I'm doing there is I'm showing my child that it's not wrong to have these feelings. It's not shameful. So much of our kids having trouble with their feelings involves them questioning if they can still be a good kid when having these feelings that feel kind of dark or really, really full of distress. And when we're willing to name it, and normalize it, we take away that part. Then our kid is left with the feeling of competition, of insecurity, but those feelings become manageable to our kids when we show them they are manageable to us. Our next caller is Jill, who has a question about her three-and-a-half-year-old and and five-year-old.
2: Hey, Becky. um, This is Jill. I live in California, and my kids are three and a half and almost five. The situation that I'm finding myself in a lot is kind of this constant competition between the two of them for my attention, essentially. And like, if I have them both in the tub at the same time, like whoever I take out first, the other one is super upset and goes into a major meltdown about being second. So it's constantly this like, I'm always second. If I decide to take one out, you know, for a little one-on-one time or date, it's you know whoever I take is the other one gets upset with her. My daughter, who I think is probably a deeply feeling kid, I have to actually do your workshop, but she's the one that's almost five, and she then kind of goes into a lot of you don't like me, no one likes me, you don't want me in this family, and I don't really know how to kind of meet her there, but also you know, I've, I've tried to be like playful about it but I'm not really sure how to handle that.
0: So looking forward
2: to your help. Thanks so much.
0: Hi, Jill. First of all, your house sounds very similar to my house. Who gets out first? Who gets to sit next to mommy at the table? These things can spiral and get into a place where everything feels so awful. So let's walk through what's really happening here. And I have a bunch of strategies to share with you. What is happening for a child when getting out of the bathtub first feels so huge. So let's all notice our first reaction, which is stop making such a big deal out of something so small. Just notice that we all have that thought. I have that thought too. Take a deep breath, say hi to it. Maybe ask that thought to step back because I think there's another interpretation we all have and that's this. If something that small can evoke something so big, there must be something underneath that feels really bad. And I think what feels really bad for kids when they're not first is it's almost like when you're second or if you're third, you don't matter. Right? It's almost like an existential crisis. I need to be first to prove my worth and my place in this family. And when we see it through that light, I think we have more empathy. And it also can allow us to think of a lot of strategies that speak to that underlying struggle. So let's jump into those first. Play is a great place to help your kid understand what's really going on for them in explosive moments. We can't talk through these situations with our kids. I don't sit down with my six-year-old and say, when you're second coming out of the bath, everything feels so bad and let's talk through that. No, my child would say, mom, I don't want to talk to you. You're being so annoying. So what would I do instead? I would speak to these themes in my child's world and a child's world is play. So let's say I'm playing kind of some version of family with my child, and we have babies. You can also do this with dinosaurs or trucks or anything. I might introduce this theme of mattering and order in this way. I'm one baby in the family, my daughters being another one. And I might say this, if I'm not the first one out of the door, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to cry and I'm going to scream. I have to be first. I have to be first. I have to be first, 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 first. And then I might just pause and see what my child does. We're not solving anything in play. We're helping our child understand herself in play. The pathway that ends in regulation starts with understanding. Understanding yourself is huge in learning how to manage through your own feelings. So that in and of itself is really powerful. Just putting that theme into play. Then I might show some coping in play. Maybe I would even as that baby say this. Well, I guess I don't have to be first, but I like being first. It kind of feels like I matter more, but I guess I could always tell myself I matter even when I'm not first. I matter in this family even when I'm not first. Now, that's a mantra. I actually think you can teach your kids. So not in the same day, maybe another time before you do bath time. You might say something like this. Uh, Sometimes it feels like if you're not the first kid to do something, like if you're not the first kid taken out of the bath, it's almost like you disappear. I remember feeling like that when I was a kid and I said something to myself sometimes that helped. I would take a deep breath and I would say, I matter even when I'm not first. I matter in this family even when I'm not... First, I don't know. You might try that. You might not help me when I was a kid. It might not help you. Who knows? Then move on. What am I doing? There so many things. I'm giving my kid a skill, but kids don't like any skill kind of shoved down their throat. So I'm also backing away from it as soon as I suggest it. I might say, oh, that was useful for me. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not for you. And I give my child control in the situation, which always makes a child more likely to try something. Here's another strategy that can really help. Problem solving in advance. Before you get into the bath with your two kids, name what often happens and then engage your kids with their problem solving skills. It might sound like this. So you know what I'm thinking about before bath? I'm already thinking about getting out of bath and how it's always so hard. Both of you want to be first. Hmm. You two are really smart inventive kids. I wonder if either of you or both of you could think of something we could do that can make the end of bath time a little easier. Hmm. And then I'd look curious as if I don't have an answer. When we give our kids space and kind of trust to problem solve, they often come back at us with a solution we might not have thought about. I want to add one more thing, kind of has two parts. So you've prepped your kids, you've built these skills, you're at bath time, and still it's awful. You didn't do anything wrong. This is just how life with kids works. It looks like this in my home as well. What do we do? I always think survive, talk about it later. Survive, talk about it later. Knowing that sometimes the best thing we can do is just survive is very relieving to me. It reminds me I don't have to have some magic trick. I just need to get through it. That might sound like this. All right, it is time to get out from the bath. Nothing seems to be feeling good right now. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you out. I know that didn't feel good. I also know we'll keep working on this to make things easier. Take a deep breath, tolerate the crying, remind yourself it will end, and then, and then later, When you're calmer, when your child's calmer, go to your child and narrate what just happened. Narration provides us an amazing opportunity. When our bodies are calm, we can form coherence in a moment that was totally incoherent, we can add connection and regulation to a moment that was alone and dysregulated. So you might go to your child and say, getting out of the bath felt really hard. We've been working on so many things to make that easier. And today was still a really hard moment. That happens sometimes. I took your brother out before you. That felt so awful to you. It's as if he won in some way or as if he was so important and you felt unimportant. And then you cried. And then I sat with you and then we calmed our bodies down. (sighs) And then I just look at my kid and I'd say, I love you. You're a good kid who is having a hard time. We'll keep working on this. Our final caller is Britta with a question about her almost seven-year-old.
3: Hi, Dr. Becky. This is Britta in Denver, Colorado, and I'm calling about my two kiddos who are six and four, actually almost seven and five now, and so my oldest is your typical more anxious people pleaser. And my younger one is definitely a deeply feeling kid. But this message is more about my oldest, who we find gets very critical. And when his younger sister is getting any type of attention, he sits there and criticizes her or kind of says, not nice things about what she's doing, you know, she's practicing gymnastics, and he'll say, oh, that was a bad handstand, or you didn't do that right. And, you know, we really try and give him a lot of one-on-one time. And, you know, he obviously really is one that craves praise and we're working on him being more intrinsically motivated, but I really am wondering what to do in that moment when, you know, sister might be doing handstands and we're just watching. We're not necessarily giving her a lot of praise, but she's getting attention and he really starts like picking on her and criticizing her and I'm not sure what to say in that moment to him. So if you could address that, that would be great. Thanks so much.
0: Britta, thank you so much for calling in with this really important kind of example, this story of these times. I know they happen in so many families where it seems like one kid's success is almost like a direct arrow into the other kid's ego. And we, as parents, I think we have a lot of for us in those moments because we think you should be happy for your sister. Why can't you be happy for your brother? And it brings up kind of all types of emotions in us. So the first thing that comes to mind is to prepare your son for the moments that will feel hard when watching his sister perform or succeed. Preparation and practice are some of the best strategies we have to help our kids manage difficult sibling moments. So let's say the next day is a gymnastics meet. Today, you might do something like this with your son. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about tomorrow when we see your sister's gymnastics. Ooh, that might feel, that might feel kind of tough. I get if that would feel really hard. Now, I'm going to come out of the role play before I jump back in with more strategies. Why is that important to start with? Already we're doing so much. We're naming a feeling that your child struggles with. We're normalizing it by talking about it without any blame or shame. Already we're lowering the likelihood of a feeling having to explode out of a child's body in a behavior. But I'm going to go back to the role play because I would go a step further. I wonder what we can do when we're at gymnastics, ooh, and you maybe have one of those feelings come up that, oh, I don't like watching this. There's something about it I don't like. And, oh, I feel those words coming. I want to say that is a bad handstand. Hmm. What can we do when that comes? Because I get why it's so hard to watch her. And I think we need to think about this in advance so we can figure out something that probably feels better to everyone. Because here's the thing that we forget. It doesn't feel great to our kids for them to say negative things about their sibling. We often think about the impact on the sibling, and that's important too, but it doesn't feel good to anyone, kids included, to have nasty words fly out of their body. So we want to give our kids the opportunity to figure out something else to do in those moments. So here's even where some brainstorming might come in with your son. I could see myself saying... I wonder if when we're watching your sister do gymnastics, if it might feel good for us to, I don't know, kind of have like a secret handshake or a secret song we sing. Why would this help? Well, on some level, what I'm doing is I know that my child's reactivity comes from insecurity. Our kids see their siblings as competitors when they're feeling most insecure with their place in the family. And to help neutralize that threat, we want to shore up our kids, not by saying you're great at doing gymnastics too, not by actually getting them back into a comparison, but actually by just letting our kids know we see them, we value them, and they're so special to us as well in their own way. And just rubbing your kids back or having a secret handshake to do at a gymnastics meet speaks to this core struggle. Then I would practice it. And I'd be realistic in the practice. I could see myself doing something like this. I could say, so let's get ready. Oh, I see over there we have a doll. I'm going to put the doll upside down in a handstand. And let's get you ready. Let's say you're looking at this and you feel those words coming. Oh, that's a horrible handstand. Maybe even we can try something really tricky. You can even say, that's a ha.'" and stop yourself there, almost like it's about to come out. And instead you can look at me and we can do that secret handshake. Should we try that? And then I would actually practice that. And then own kind of the importance yourself. Maybe say, wow, that felt really good. I'm so glad we figured something out. I have a feeling this is going to be really useful tomorrow. Now, when the next day comes, I might whisper to my child, again, there's something about whispering that makes our kids feel really seen and special, especially when we know those jealousy feelings are coming. Oh, I can't wait to do our secret handshake at the gymnastics meet. And so you've prepped, you've practiced, you've given your kid a message that they're a good kid, not a bad kid. And the chances of your child being able to regulate that feeling and that urge are so much higher. So, Britta, I have one more thought because I'm a realist and I know that you still might get to the gymnastics meet and you said, wow, I did all this stuff and still my son ends up saying, oh, that was a horrible handstand and nothing I can do is stopping those words from coming out. Here's how I would handle it in that moment. I might say initially, it's hard to watch your sister. I know. I also know you can tell me what's going on for you in another way. So, I... I am showing my kid he's a good kid. I'm seeing the underlying struggle and um still setting a boundary both to protect my daughter in that moment but also to protect my son from continuing to do something that makes him feel like a bad sibling. Now let's say this continues and my child gets totally dysregulated at the gymnastics events and no, she's the worst. Oh, I hate being at gymnastics and is really getting out of control. This to me is a time I would say to myself, okay, I just have to survive this moment. Nothing great happens here. And I might even pick my child up, bring my child to the hallway, saying something like this, you're having a hard time being here. We're going to go out. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to get through this. Let's bring it all together and talk about three main takeaways. One, sibling rivalry is normal as siblings are competing for what can feel like a scarce resource a parents' love and attention. The more secure kids feel in their family, security that comes from connection and feeling seen for who they are, the less a sibling feels like a threat and the less competition there will be. Two. Normalizing a range of feelings about siblings allows kids to regulate the range of feelings they have about siblings. We can never unfeel a feeling. We're either prepared for a feeling when it comes or we're not. And when it comes to siblinghood, the more we prepare our kids for feelings of competition, the less likely these feelings will come out as dysregulated behaviors. Three, narrating is a powerful regulation strategy. Try this one out, especially after an intense moment has passed. Go to your child and share something like this. I'm thinking about what happened with your sister earlier. I came into your room, commented that she did so well on her math test and something about that just felt awful to you. Oh, it can be so hard to have a sister sometimes, right? I receive so many questions about siblings that I couldn't answer in this episode. If you're looking for more support to handle the sibling dynamics in your home, check out my siblings workshop, where I go into so much more detail about sibling rivalry, jealousy, teasing, aggression, and so much more. Check that out at learning.goodinside.com. Thanks for listening to Good Inside. Let's stay connected. At goodinside.com, you can sign up for workshops and subscribe to Good Insider, my weekly email with scripts and strategies delivered right to your inbox. And for more ideas and tips, check out my Instagram, drbecky at goodinside. Good Inside is produced by Beth Rowe and Brad Gage and executive produced by Erica Belski and me, Dr. Becky. Please rate and review our show, Let us know what you think and what resonated. I actually do read each and every review, so please know that your feedback is meaningful to me. Let's end by placing our hands on our hearts and reminding ourselves, even as I struggle and even as I have a hard time on the outside, I remain good inside.